This is episode number 355 of the RV Podcast. This week, we're going to tell you about a free new interactive tool that's going to become a tremendously helpful resource to planning your RV adventures. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hi, everybody. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendlin, and this is, as Jen said, episode 355 of the RV podcast. And uh, we are delighted to be with you. It's the end of July. Can you believe that already? No, I can't believe it. Wow. Uh, we hope you've been doing some great RVing and camping and hiking and getting outside, uh, despite some of the challenges that uh, we're all facing, wildfires and drought in the West and a new surge in COVID issues around the country, but uh, hopefully you're still getting out there. We have been doing, and we didn't really plan this, a lot of mooch docking <laughs> so far this summer. We have, and we've totally enjoyed it. Yeah, we've been, uh, we have found some great places, family and friends. I mean, uh, who needs campgrounds? <laughs> you don't. And what a good way to be a house guest when you're not causing the people you're visiting extra work. Yeah, so that's uh, we just uh, we've been doing uh, getting away midweek and kind of uh, hanging out during the week and then uh, coming back actually to get ready for our uh, Sunday night ask us anything. Sometimes we do that from the road though. And then uh, for the podcast which we will be doing from the road as we start traveling a little bit more in the fall uh, during uh, weekend time and early part of the week. Um, we had an interesting use of our RV yesterday. And uh, last night, and uh, we had some massive storms that went through southeastern Michigan where we are. Actually, we had um, three tornadoes. Did you see that? Three of them, not far from us. And as a result of that, there were widespread power outages throughout the whole metropolitan area. In fact, we had just gotten home when that storm went through. Yeah. But we're fortunate it didn't affect us. Our power went out for just a little bit, but then it came back on. But our daughter, her husband, and their two kids, our grandchildren, weren't quite so fortunate. No, they weren't. They uh, uh, they lost power for a couple of days. And uh, so we said, well, come on. And we put a couple of the, the granddaughters here. And my daughter uh, and uh, her husband, our son-in-law, slept in our RV with the air conditioner on. My daughter thought it was just great. She said it was <laughs> like being at a campground, that being in the RV and uh, maybe we do have quite a few trees and things around and uh, she thought it was fun. Maybe maybe she just was glad to be rid of the kids for a couple <laughs> of hours. I don't think when so. When they're teenagers, then you're always following them around saying, what are they doing now? Yeah, yeah. But I think the Sari thing for them was she had just gone grocery shopping and bought a couple hundred dollars worth of food. Yeah. <sighs> we have we have had actually lost, we lost power before in RVs where we lost all of our uh, all of our uh, food in the RV refrigerator, but big uh, residential outage where you, your refrigerator isn't working can cause some real issues. So uh, we want to share some stuff that came in through you, through our Facebook group. And we should tell everybody that the RV Lifestyle Facebook group is one of the fastest growing uh, RV groups anywhere, over 60,000 members now. And if you have a question or comment, 
need help while you're on the road with something, there's always somebody on that group that will help. And they love to help. It gives them purpose and joy. And we all do like to help each other. So just go to uh, rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook and you can join rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook. We do ask that you answer a few questions and you agree to the rules because you all know what social media is like these days. And we want our site to be a positive place of encouragement and support for everybody. So we kind of have some rules that everybody has to agree to, but come on in, the water's fine. So uh, let's take a look at the first uh, thing that came through. This is a photo that uh, came from uh, somebody on Project Van Life. And it wasn't a van at all. It was a, a pickup truck. A pickup truck. And it's got uh, two tents that kind of remind you of a hammock with a cover. Yeah, the, they've got something hooked up to the, the hitch, this big long pole that looks like it's about 8 to 10 feet high. And attached to that are tents, two round, round sleeping tents. tents. Mm -hmm. It's a... Uh quite interesting to look at. And the photo, the, the truck and the tents are out in the desert. And uh, I wonder if that, uh, I don't think any snakes would be able to crawl up in that tent. Well, like if they that, were a right? big one, they might be able to. I think they're about a foot off the ground. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's a neat little shot. And uh, for those who watch the podcast on YouTube, they'll see it. And for those of you who are just listening on your app or as you're driving, you can come back and check out all these things that we talk about that we're showing uh, we just come back to rvlifestyle.com and you can find links to them in our, uh, in our show notes. So uh, that's the, uh, that is the first picture that we got. And I thought that was, uh, that was pretty fun. The next one uh, had to do with kind of like a little meme. It was uh, uh, posted by Don Simpson. And uh, this is a little message and a nice picture of a, of a bonfire uh, on a beach. Nice. Uh, it looked behind. like it was at sunset right after sunset. And, uh, He's, he called it today's PSA, public service announcement. <laughs> Stress is caused by not camping enough. And that is true. We need camping to get away and relax, hopefully. That was what he wrote across the photo. Stress is caused by not camping enough. And you know, there's, there's scientific evidence that proves that being outside and camping does indeed lower stress, makes you much healthier. So uh, if you need an excuse to get out there, uh, that is uh, that is a way to go. Our next one is called Too Long for the Turn, and it is a great big Class A. And it uh, looks like it's run off the road, perhaps hit something. Actually, they were making a turn onto another road. They turned a little too sharp. There, there was a difference in height between the Ooh. road, kind of a drop-off. And uh, this was... Uh, this was pretty amazing. It, the bottom end bottomed out on the higher road. Oh, and, and that is so easy to do. Our people were saying things like, ouch, uh, why, uh, why do you need to carry a house like that? It's a <laughs> cottage-sized house. Uh, somebody else said, uh, the sad thing here is it looks like they had only taken the turn as wide as possible. They would have made it. They made it too tight. Somebody said, just put your jacks down, get the tires up, and you can move it out. And then uh, I like what Patricia Webb had to say. Uh, well, she said that she wasn't going to laugh because accidents like this can happen to anyone, no matter how experienced mistakes happen. And perhaps the best thing to do here is to remind ourselves to try to be careful. And I think that's the best uh, advice. All. We don't want to laugh at anybody's expense because that could be that us can the next to any time, of right? us. I yeah. remember one RV that we had that 
we would had to be so careful whenever oh, we went down gosh, any yeah. Yeah. kind of an It was incline. one of those old road tracks that we had. Yeah. Not old. Well, it had. Well, I guess lithium. it is old. It's about eight, nine years ago. The batteries were so low that and we were it always, would drag. We were always bottoming out. Yeah, so. and it's it's terrible when you hear that. So it's it's not funny. No. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about is something that I thought was pretty good. Um, it has to do with uh, with journaling. And I wonder uh, how many of you keep a journal. Now, you have a little notebook. What, what do we write down in that up over the dash? Well, you can get as detailed as you want to be. You can say what time you started driving in the morning and what the odometer was and uh, what perhaps you see along the way that catches your interest that you'd like to come back and visitor that you want to recommend to other people uh, where you had lunch if it was a particularly good place there's well, lots I, of things I, I like this one because on this one uh, Amy one of our Facebook members uh, wrote the following I keep pretty detailed notes about each one of our RV trips it might sound weird but I always record some comment about the various rest areas we stop at was it easy to get in and out of did they have lots of parking for the RVs was the dog walking area good, etc.? I remember one we stopped at in 2017 that I really enjoyed. So I looked it up on my notes, and we stopped there again today. I-80 eastbound in Nebraska at mile marker 159. So interesting, and so much history. And she posted some photos of it, but I wonder who else keeps track of rest areas. Uh, we got some great comments from our, uh, our, our different folks. Uh, Stephanie said, I think this sounds cool, uh, even a rest area. And Diane Mason says, I've been keeping a log book for a few years now, where we stayed, who went with us, etc. It's fun to look back at my notes. Kathy Tilson says, how do you keep your notes? Electronically, paper journal? We have notes in various places about campgrounds we've been at, the best sites and stuff, and I'd like to have it all together in a way I can locate easily. I'm leaning towards electronically. Amy answered her and said, I keep mine in an RV trips folder in the notes app on my phone. Trips are titled by date. When we get home, I print out the notes for that trip, but I still keep them on the phone for a quick reference. It's amazing how often I refer back. So I wonder how many of you guys uh, keep uh, records and journals. Send us photos of them if you want and uh, tell us uh, how you keep them electronically in paper form. Uh, I think it's a really good idea, and what I noticed is that in one of those comments, too, somebody from Nebraska who lived not far from that rest area didn't even know how cool that rest area was. So <laughs> That so you, happens sometimes. So you help other people. Uh, you can uh, reach us anytime with your comments, your photos, your pictures. Uh, just send it to us at mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com. We'll be right back, and when we come back, we've got the news of the week. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. 
guest. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds? Competing for reservations? Paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. Jennifer and I visited the Landings, a lakefront community just west of Nashville, Tennessee, that offers incredible lakefront RV properties up to 70 times the size of typical RV lots with frontage on the biggest lake in Tennessee. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you own it outright. Not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can have your own private dock. You can landscape, garden. They're pet-friendly. It's gated and secure with high-speed internet. There's even free RV and boat storage. A wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. It's ready whenever you want. Dockable lakefronts starting at only $59,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakes.com. That's rvlakes.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's time now for the RV News of the Week, and we head out west for this story, the first one. And the wildfires are still wreaking havoc out west, and there are so many fires, it's even affecting the air quality to the east. Yeah, far across the country we're talking about. Now, I'm going to put a map up, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but a map up uh, for those watching on YouTube that shows you uh, how many wildfires are burning right now as we record this? Uh, I there, mean, there's over 100 wildfires. 100 wildfires across point, a total of how how much land did you see? Uh, well, the land is 2.7 million acres and in 13 states. 13 states, 2.7 million acres. That's hard to believe. The biggest is Oregon's uh, bootleg fire. We've been hearing about that, but uh, you can see on that map that we, we showed, uh, you can click on any of those. They're updated throughout the day, and it'll show you how many they are, how much acreage. But extreme hate, heat and dryness, that's the big they cause They contribute to the fires, but also people. One article from Idaho we saw noted that 70% of the fires in that state in 2020 were caused by people, be it campfires, fireworks, smoking, dragging trailer hitch chains, or firearms. But the big issue this year, this summer, is uh, the extended drought that shows absolutely no signs of easing. These fires are more widespread uh, compared to the terrible ones we had last year in 2020. This is a much worse season. Uh, and as we said, it's impacting air quality, particularly uh, in the western states. Uh, but across the entire U.S., there are advisories issued for, for all sorts of states, from California all the way to New York because of these wildfires. There is a national website that shows info on each fire that is updated throughout the day at rvlifestyle.com slash fires. Now, that's not the actual website. It's, uh, we, it's a real complicated name, so we just made it easy for you. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash fires, and you'll be able to get to that map. And it's important that you do that because... Driving your RV through that area, through smoky conditions, can cause real havoc with your lungs. There's this fine particulate in smoke, and it does penetrate your RV as you're driving through those regions. So 
You want to be really careful if you have any kind of breathing issues, lung issues, don't expose yourself to this smoke because it can do some serious harm to you. And you want to be well aware of what the conditions are. And the map we showed, it's, it's all the West, folks. It's really from Oregon right down south. And it's a, it's a mess. It is, it's a real mess. And if you really want to know how crazy it is out West, even after the fires are doused, there's some real issues still caused from the damage that those fires did. Here's a case in point. At least 11 campgrounds operated by the U.S. Forest Service were evacuated over the weekend in Colorado's Podre Canyon after heavy rains brought flooding, mudslides, and at least one death. What happened is the Podre River infilled with all this debris. When the trees burned, there was no longer uh, their roots uh, holding the earth together. And that there. causes mudslides. Yep, and so all this junk fell into the river. Normally the river would have taken the rain away, but it didn't, and so it flooded, and what a mess it caused. The area is expected to reopen. You know, the water's gone down. They, they, they're getting the junk out of the stream, but uh, just uh, showing that the effects of these fires last far beyond the actual burning. And you have to keep track of what's going on. Yes, they might open everything up, but they could close it again, so you need to be aware. For those of you camping out in uh, bear country, uh, we have been warning for a long time, uh, almost every time we do a story about camping in bear country, we talk about uh, the issues of leaving food uh, un insecure, uh, you know, not taking care of your food, putting it away. And uh, it's, uh, it's really against the law to do that. So we report this other story with a little bit of satisfaction because they're finally taking action against irresponsible people. I wish they could catch people sooner, but... At least this woman, an Idaho woman, was ordered by a judge to pay more than $5,800 in restitution for improperly storing food, which attracted a bear to her campsite in Grand Teton National Park. The woman improperly stored garbage and beverages while camping. A grizzly bear then smelled the items and received a food reward after rummaging through her campsite which was captured on video and in photos by other campers. Rangers uh, ended up tranquilizing the bear. They caught it. They collared it, and uh, they moved it to another area of the park. But the problem is it now has to be monitored because the bear has learned that campsites equal food, right? And they don't forget. And they don't forget. And so, you know, the more it, it associates food with campsites, the more of a danger that grizzly is to the people were in that campsite. Um, and that, that really is uh, the sad part about irresponsible people. And the campground had many signs and bear containers as to where you were supposed to store your food and your garbage and your beverages. And when campers don't follow instructions, it's usually the bear who pays the price. Well, it's always the bear that pays the price and sometimes people. Well, fortunately, this woman is going to pay a real price, $5,800 fine for uh, being a slob. I uh, just wish that they could somehow catch this because it take a lot of monitoring to catch people leaving things yeah. laying around because it's the bears. I mean, even our dog, once some, he finds food someplace, he usually doesn't forget. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? no, if our dog finds food someplace, he goes right to that spot every yeah. time. So. I mean, easy food. All right, let's end the news of the week with some good news. Yes, I don't know how long it's going to last, but uh, for RV travelers, we can report that motorists saw uh, some positive change at the pump and what they're paying for fuel this week. Uh, 31 different state 
gas price averages declined between one and five cents, according to AAA. One cent. But that's better than going up a cent. Yeah. One to five cents, according to AAA. And the national gas price average pushed two cents cheaper, 3.15. Well, that's better than going two cents higher, I but guess. But one factor contributing to this was the fact that the U.S. gasoline demand was down. Yeah. Was, kind of flat. Was, yeah, and that's because there's a lot of uncertainty out in the marketplace. Uh, we don't know whether these cheaper fuel prices are going to be sustained. There's, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of causes. Politics. There's renewed concern about COVID and these variants and people's restraining their travel again. And then there's OPEC and all of its crazy policies. So we don't know whether this will last uh, all summer. But uh, uh, we do have a list for you, though, of the states with the cheapest gas prices for you to plan your travel. What are uh, all right. The 10 least expensive markets, Mississippi, 277, Louisiana, 280, Texas, 281, Missouri, 282, Alabama, 282, Oklahoma, 284, Arkansas, 284, Tennessee, 286, Kentucky, 288, North Carolina, I would have liked to have seen a list of the 10 most expensive states. Well, then we'd be here all night. (laughs) Then we could read the uh, we could read the uh, 30 others that were didn't change. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But but anyway, there is some good news. Yeah, it's good to give the good news. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to give the states where we need to travel. That's right. That's right. Well, that's the news of the week. And when we come back, it's time for the RV questions of the week. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Let's talk about protecting your RV from the elements. And the best way we know how to do that is with empirecovers.com, makers of quality covers for your RV that will protect them from rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that you have to waste your time cleaning or worse that can end up damaging your vehicle. Whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. They offer high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect every cover. Comes with a free warranty to guarantee it remains durable. The RV podcast listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit them at EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. Welcome back, everybody. And now it's time for RV Questions of the Week. And our first question is from Diane Haley from our Facebook group. And Diane writes, 
I'm interested in a used RV from a dealer. I'm planning a pre-purchase inspection, but the dealer has indicated that the inspector I'm considering is not welcome on their lot. What's red up flag, that? red flag. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what she says. Is that a red flag? Or is it okay to just find another inspector who maybe isn't quite so thorough? Well, you want somebody thorough, mm -hmm. Diane. That's the whole point of an inspection. The guy I'm talking with says he spends six hours oh. and thoroughly inspects sensors and tanks for leaks and does a really extensive job. That's probably why the RV people don't uh, Yeah, they don't. I mean, six hours does seem a bit much. And Diane says the dealer's view is that the inspector is just trying to identify repairs that he could make. Uh, if you bought, uh, this is their question, if you bought a rather old RV, did you have such an inspection? What experiences can you share? Well, she posted that on our RV Facebook group, RV Lifestyle Facebook group, and she got over 67 different responses from it. Daniel Hemming says, I would ask the dealer and the inspector what their story is there. It could be the inspector turns up too much stuff on their RVs. They know it, and then it ends up being a headache for them, which is exactly what you want in an inspector. In that case, hiring a less thorough inspector could end up costing you thousands down the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, Peggy Jones. Would you buy a home without having an inspection done? Myself, if a dealer told me that, I'd go to another place. Check RV Trader if you find another RV, and it's from a dealer, you can Google the dealer and read other comments. Uh, we've got a, a some note from Robert White Wright, and uh, Robert White notes that uh, inspectors vary quite a bit. He says, I know in real estate that the ones who are cockeyed optimists get the most calls. <laughs> they are kindly old fumblers, fumblers who go about the place having good bones, saying the place has good bones. The inspectors that are thorough and outline a lot of problems are much less popular with real estate agents. So whether you represent the buyer or the seller, a pessimistic inspector is not very welcome. It can kill a sale pretty quick, and then nobody gets paid. I think your inspector is a pessimist realist and has killed several sales for them. I would say so, too. Uh, and then uh, Angie Gimeno has one, one I, comment. How old is this unit? Are they willing to allow the unit to be moved elsewhere for inspection? Or is this simply a means to stop an inspection by a third party? What would you expect of them based on the inspection? And are they willing to fix anything? There you go. That's good advice. Yeah, it is. So the comments are very helpful. There's, like I said, over 67 of them, and they run the gamut. But the bottom line seems to be that spending six hours on an RV lot going over an RV you're going to buy is probably an excessive amount of time. You can't blame the RV dealer for saying, wait a minute, you know, we've got, we can't be sitting around here for six hours with this. Right. And if it's a real old unit, there's not a lot of profit. You can understand the dealer's perspective on it. So uh, I think the issue is, is maybe you want to um, buy privately. <laughs> if you buy privately, you can usually do that six-hour inspection. Uh, I'd call the dealer. I'd call the inspector. I'd see if there's some way that you could compromise things there. But I think the most important thing is, is don't buy, particularly an older unit, without a good inspection because there's going to be a lot of things wrong and uh, you just want to know what you're getting into. I agree. You agree? Mm -hmm. Wow. We're easy, right? We are easy. All right. Next question. This comes from uh, Ask Us Anything. And uh, we got this question a couple of, uh, of weeks ago and had to do with uh, a way that you can run your air conditioner on household current. 
And at the time, I was I was thinking about it. I had the unit. I'm much more interested in it now. I'll tell you more about that after we uh, we play the, the question and you hear our response, and then we'll come back after that. Pat Rilinski. I'm thinking about getting the soft, soft start on my wonder. Do you feel that is worth it? Well, the big question is, yes, it's really nice to have because you can boondock and just uh, plug into, you know, an outside, a 20 amp house circuit and run your air conditioning. That's a big deal, right? Especially when it's like as hot as it is in some places. Are we going to get the soft start? How many times have we needed it? Well, I was thinking if we're going to be camping, like in somebody's driveway. Whose driveway we're going to camp Our in. sons. I don't. In well, Nashville? Yeah, I guess I we could. I want air conditioning. I've got it to put on, put it, it's sitting, just been sitting in our thing for a year and I just. We have one? Yes, we have one. I just <laughs> haven't put it on. That was I was going to, we were going to go actually take it to Holland Motorhomes this week and I was going to, that was one of the things I was yeah, going to have put we on. Yeah, we were going to go and then we. But um, the question is, is how much will you use it? You know, I mean, if you. If, if you're just going to have it for half, you know, but if you do a lot of mood stocking or you're in places where, you know, you, you don't have access to 30 amp power, um, you know, and you want to run it off of, you know, a 20 amp house circuit, uh, it's a great thing to have. What that soft start does, and you can find a link to it under our partners area at rvlifestyle.com, but it, it moderates, it levels off the energy draw when you turn on your air conditioner in your RV. The biggest drop is when you first turn it on, it goes, it shoots right up. So the soft start, uh, and I don't know how they do it with technology, but it moderates that. So instead of this massive power spike that it needs to start and get the compressor going, it levels that off and you can start it and then run it on a, on a 20 amp uh, house circuit. So it's a good deal. Most people would have to have it professionally installed. Well, I would, <laughs> <laughs> but most a lot of people, it's pretty simple to put on if you follow and then and the company has pretty good instructions for it. you got to climb up on the roof of the rv mm -hmm. you got to take off the cover of the rv you got to hook up some wires and mount it but they have it it's all taken care of they give you good instructions so hmm. uh but i i'm going I, I would either have a mobile rv service person do it or my regular rv service people which is in our case, it's a, it's in Holland, Michigan, where we bought our RV. I think that would be worth having because yes. most people, you have an RV and you go visit kids or family, extended family. And, you know, sometimes it's like one guest room. And if you have several guests, it's nice that you can use your own RV. Yeah. Mooch docking is Mooch a big thing, especially big. now with so many campgrounds filled. Yep. Um, we could just pull in somebody's driveway, yeah. plug in, leave before they wake up. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want to find out more about it, there's a link to it in our partners page at rvlifestyle.com. And you kind of have to look under about, I think, in the menu and, and you'll see uh, a lot of our partners have special pricing. And I think that's one of them that we get a special discount on and you can learn all about it right there. Or just search soft start at rvlifestyle.com. But it's a good thing to, to have. So since then, uh, we've been doing a lot of mooch docking, as we said, and it's been extremely hot and so I've sort of changed my thoughts on the urgency of getting soft start installed on our RV. So we're going to have it installed Wednesday, the day that this podcast is released. And uh, we look forward to doing some more mooch stocking this summer, and we want to be able to run the air conditioner on that little 20-amp circuit. i got to say, I am so excited about this because I've been after you for a while yeah. to try to get this on. Yep. So it's, it's getting installed. I'm excited. Yep. Ask us uh, this week, this next week, how it all went. We'll, we'll let you know.
All right, when we come back, we're going to show you something that we are so excited about. We just added this to RVLifestyle.com. It is an app. It is an interactive map that you can go uh, and use from your desktop computer or the app. It's totally free, and it is loaded right now with all sorts of valuable tips and information. But the beauty of this is that every day, as more people start to use it, it becomes even more valuable. We'll tell you all about that when we come back. All RVers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances, return to home services, and vehicle return. You only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital -hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital to hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S. that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out, peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members and we urge you to consider it too. Peaceofmindforrvs.com. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts where... RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash HH, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash HH. Welcome back to our topic of the week. And this week, we are going to talk about something that we are providing to you free and to the entire, actually, RV lifestyle community out there that we think is a tremendous resource. It's a new travel map, and it's going to help you so much with boondocking spots, campgrounds, all kinds of things that you're interested in, even dog parks, all kinds of things, restaurants, museums, everything you can imagine. I mean, when we, when we travel, we talked about journaling a little while ago. Mm -hmm. This makes it so much easier because when you find something, you can just use your app and take a picture of it if you want. But if you don't take a picture, you don't have to worry. Google will bring pictures in. You can share links uh, about it. You can write your description on it. And you're sharing it with all your, your friends and all the people in the RV community. They can make comments. It's got a social uh, media aspect to it in that sense. But uh, right now we have, uh, I think, over 200 people. We just kind of did a, a special test earlier in the week to see if anybody was interested. And 200 people signed up for it. It's free, totally free. Uh, you're not going to be spammed or anything with it. It's just totally free. And um, I think we've got, we're pushing 200 spots now that people have shared. We've shared a bunch of ours. We're going to be adding much more. Um, 
but like everything, it, it requires a little bit of a learning curve. You got to just know how to click and where to click. So we put together a little how-to video on this. And uh, let me show you how, how it is and what it looks like. And we'll both explain uh, what you do to whether on the app or on the desktop. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about it at the end. Let me start by showing you how it works on a desktop. On the right of the screen is the map. You can zoom in or out with the plus or minus symbols on the keyboard, or you can move the map around by grabbing it with your mouse. Each location shared is called a step, and you'll see them as pins on the map. Click them, and you can see what the various steps are. To add your own, click the New Step button. Now, I'm adding one here for one of our favorite attractions on the Emerald Coast of Florida's panhandle, the Gulfarium. I type that in, and most times, like here, the map returns an address. Click it, and then just enter your description. Click Post to save it. Then you're asked to select some tags that identify what it's about and that help others who search for those tags find it on the map. In this case, add museum, beach, because it's on the beach, animals and wildlife, RV route, and Florida. Then note how the map grabs photos from Google so others can then see what it's like. Now that's the desktop way to use the map. But the real power is in the app that you load on your smartphone. You can search the app store for steps, map your world, or directly from the RVLifestyle.com interactive map page. On the bottom right, click on the View Map on the Steps app. Fill in your phone number, and then you'll get a direct text link sent to your phone. Click that, and then you can download the map and create an account. The app works a lot like the desktop, but it is so handy when you're on the move. Jennifer will show you that part. On the app, here's how to add a step to your map. Enter your map either through the map link or find it on the search engine on the app home screen. Now click on post, click on where do you want to post and start typing a name of a location. I'm going to choose Convict Lake Campground in California. Now you can share your thoughts about this place. You can either upload your own photo on the bottom left of the screen or hit post on the top right. Once you hit post on the top right, it'll import photos from Google Maps. Now that I've created my location, it's time to add some tags. Click on Convict Lake Campground and add tags. I'm going to add campground and dry camping. Then I'll click on save on the top right and my step is good to go. Happy mapping. All right, here's one more little lesson. How to use the tags to find exactly what you're looking for on your map. Click on your map and scroll through the tags at the top. You can find more by clicking the More button on the top right, or you can click on the bottom left button. Here's where you can scroll through the categories and find the exact tags that you're looking for. I'm going to choose campgrounds with a hookup and I'll click on show results on the bottom. And now I can find all of the steps on my map of campgrounds that have a hookup.
Pretty cool, huh? Again, this is all free and open to everyone. So please add your favorites, campgrounds, boondocking spots, hiking trails, fun roadside attractions, great places to eat. Together, we can make this RV lifestyle interactive travel map a great resource for the entire RV lifestyle community. So there it is. That's our RV lifestyle interactive travel map. It's called Steps. Each of the little places you, you identify are called Steps. Uh, and it's uh, developed uh, by a really innovative uh, a startup uh, technology company that we have been working with uh, for a while now on this. And we're really excited to, uh, to make it available. It's a gift to you. And it's the free. best thing is it's absolutely free. Totally free. I mean, everybody's so used to, well, well, what do I have to do? Am I going to get spammed? No, you're not. It's actually for your enjoyment and for you to share your knowledge. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm all excited about some of the things that we've seen. It's easy to find spot stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty simple, uh, self-explanatory how it works. And it's only going to get better as more and more people uh, uh, join the, uh, the map and offer their suggestions. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be great. But I... I will tell you, I've got a couple of boondocking spots. I'm just kind of keeping them close to the chest like a good fishing hole. But I'll tell you in the general area where they are. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. You know me. We always share everything. But uh, it's pretty fun. Already, we're finding great spots. We found a couple of good restaurants that we want to try on our next trip and the route we're doing. And we hope you guys use this a lot. All right. We'll be back. And uh, we'll have one of those uh, uh, hidden campground gems for you to find from our friend Mark Kapp at campgroundviews.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal. And you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Welcome back. Time now for our regular feature, uh, Hidden Campground Gems, places that you can probably find a spot this weekend. And they're, they're near very popular camping areas. You just might not have known that this campground was there. That's why it's a hidden campground gem. This comes from our friend Mark Kep. And uh, where are we going this week? Mark is going to take us to uh, Oregon. Thank you, Mike and Jen. And today we're going to take a place or take a look at a place that's cooler in this summer heat. Specifically, it's Oregon Dunes National Recreation Area out on the Oregon coast. This is a sand dunes complex. It's located along the beach and allows people to go off-roading, hiking, bird watching. It's a very scenic natural area. And I noted the beach. It's on the coastline there. So it's going to be a lot cooler than a lot of the warm areas that there are around the country right now. 
Sorgan Dunes area, there's a number of both private and public campgrounds and RV parks that you can choose from. Specifically, my recommendation is a Forest Service campground called Eel Creek Campground. So Eel Creek is located alongside the dunes there, and it has a beautiful wooded setting. It feels like it's a Forest Service campground. So it has these pine trees within it, very pretty location to go camping. And what's unique about this location is you are near the beach, yet it feels like the forest, and the campground itself is quite nice with large sites backed into the brush, so you have some pretty areas with a paved road. You can see it's a really pretty campground. But what makes the Oregon Dunes so special, and I'll just pull up the Oregon Dunes area here, and we'll just look at some video of it, is that it's a very scenic area. There's these large sand dunes along the beach, and the sand dunes are interspersed with pine trees, so it's both beach, ocean, sand dunes, and wooded setting. And there are areas that are both open to vehicles and closed to vehicles. So you can pick your uh, your adventure, basically. You want to go off-roading? Go off-roading. You want to go hiking? Go hiking. So really beautiful area located along the Oregon coast and a much cooler location to go camping at. In addition to the um, campgrounds that are located within the Forest Service, as I noted, there are a number of private RV parks along and around this area and there are even some of the very famous Oregon State Parks. So if you're looking for an adventure that's in a cool area, it's a little bit unique, Oregon Dunes National Recreation Area on the Oregon coast is our hidden gem of the week. There will be a link below to this video and we'll be bringing you more of these unique locations for you to go camping. Back to you Mike and Jen. When we come back, off the beaten path with Tom and Patty Burkett. You're now looking at one of the most amazing solutions we've found for helping find great campsites, just like Google Street View, but for campgrounds. We can now go and virtually tour campgrounds across the country thanks to campgroundviews.com. They are directly integrated with recreation.gov and allow you to pick your dates and click on and pick sites that are available. You can then reserve your site directly from recreation.gov with confidence that the site is just what you want it to be. It's a game changer for all of us campers seeking great camping sites. I've been finding amazing camping sites all across the country using this tool, and it's live right now for members to use. Go to campgroundviews.com, get access to the solution, and watch and experience as they bring hundreds more of these locations online for us to tour. This is revolutionary technology at your fingertips right now. Go to campgroundviews.com, check out the brand new campground virtual tours, and finally, look where you're going. Welcome back, everybody. It's time now for the regular Off the Beaten Path report from our friends uh, Tom and Patty Burkett. And uh, they always seem to find something fun, don't they? Yes. I can't wait to hear today's. Hi, Mike and Jennifer. Along the coast of Florida and throughout the Caribbean islands, you'll see buildings made of a type of stone native to the area. It's called coquina, composed mostly of crushed and abraded shellfish. Maybe the most well-known use of it is in the walls of the fort at the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine. 
Coquina is strong, but it's also porous and resilient. In 1702, when the Spanish owned Florida, a British fleet laid siege to the fort and bombarded it with cannon fire. The cannonballs penetrated partway through the thick Coquina walls and were stuck there. During the night, the Spanish filled the hole with a mix of crushed Coquina and cement, and the next morning it appeared to the shipboard attackers that the fort had simply eaten the attack. That's one of several reasons that this fort has never been captured in battle. A bit down the shore from St. Augustine, near the town of Palm Coast, and just down the road from Marineland, you'll find Washington Oaks State Park. Among the attractions of this lovely outpost of early Florida settlement are the Coquina Rock outcroppings along the park's beach. If you plan ahead or just get lucky, you can join uh, a volunteer guide for a walk among the rocks and some stories about the park's history and unique features. But the beach is only one of many things to see on these 450 acres, and most of the beach was not originally part of the property. You can spend much of a day wandering through the formal gardens, resting in a gazebo, and listening to a nearby fountain, or looking for some of the resident owls in the stately trees that grow in groves. There's plenty of shade here for escaping the midday heat, and dogs are welcome on many many of the trails. Walk down to the seawall and look at the ocean, or cross to the back side of the property and sit on one of the benches where locals often fish in the Matanzas River. The river was a major thoroughfare for the Seminole people and played a key role in the Second Seminole War. Standing in the beautiful formal rose garden, you'll note that the land rises to what is for Florida quite a height. That's because the hill is actually a shell midden, where native people collected and cleaned oysters, mussels, and clams for thousands of years. The property was originally named Bella Vista because of the view from this hilltop. That was in 1818 when Jose Hernandez was living on land granted to him by the King of Spain. When the territory became part of the United States, Hernandez swore allegiance to the new country and became a general in the U.S. Army. It wasn't until the 1930s when the titans of northern industry were buying and developing elaborate Florida winter residences that the land was transformed into its current use by Louise and Owen Young. Owen was an executive with General Electric, a Time Magazine Man of the Year, and a key player in the European recovery from World War I. The Youngs named it Washington Oaks, built a beautiful home, laid out the formal gardens and gradually bought up the beach from their neighbors. The land was donated to the state of Florida in 1962 and opened as a state park in 1964 and is now one of the many beautiful and peaceful retreats you can find out here off the beaten path. Tom and Patty Burkett appear also every week on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. You can look up their off-the-beaten-path reports. They go back for years there. Lots of places. And many of their sites we're putting on that new interactive map we just showed you. That wraps up this episode of the RV Podcast. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Travel. Get out there. Yep. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails. Happy trails.